This week on The Reverse Stick, Keely Dunn will join us to get some tips on umpiring hockey fives and discuss why it's good to know the rules. Greetings and welcome once again to the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. My name is John Lee. His name is Matt Allen. Welcome to you all. Welcome, welcome. Um, John, are you being a bit savant there? What do you mean? Have we got it on a list that you want to talk to Keely about hockey fives when we get in touch with her soon, coming up in, in a short while and I can in, see in the middle the f- of the show? I can see the future, Matt. Wow. Yes. I reckon stuff. we're going to talk to Keely Dunn. Oh, well, we're definitely going to, well, as long as the, the call gets through, um, yeah, we're definitely going to speak to her. I mean, she might not want to talk about umpiring. Maybe we should have recorded the program after we'd spoken to her. Oh, just, you're an ideas, man. You <laughs> ideas. really are. You really That's are. right. Uh, how's your hockey week? Oh, a bit of umpiring. bit of umpiring, That's about yeah. It. That's about it. About it. That's yep. all it was. And then, this is then, when you, then you go... And how oh, how was your embarrassing young children week? <laughs> I played more hockey than that. I was, there was walking hockey on Monday. Yeah. Uh, did the bar on Tuesday for the the fives competition. And, I, I, uh, I actually heard some umpire abuse coming from the bar. I got to speak to the management <laughs> about that. <laughs> well, I did. I did ask the uh, playing group. I said, if anybody's unhappy with the umpire, and please do come and have a chat to me at the bar afterwards, and let me uh, let you. I'll let you air your grievances. You've been lonely. I'm gonna. I'm <laughs> gonna record it next week. I'm gonna take the little handheld down, or I could use the phone, I suppose, and just say, um, any chance you can give me some honest feedback, some comments on the standard of the umpiring in your particular game this evening, and perhaps, day. and perhaps we can share that with the listeners. I'm super confident. Next, next week, umpiring abilities. and we played uh, um, great game on Wednesday night over 40s. The 11 aside competition. Unfortunately, we didn't have a goalkeeper. How's this? I tried nine different goalkeepers of the age that would be able to play in this competition. None of them available. So we ended up playing with well, ten. It was a Wednesday night. Yeah, but you get to come and play with me, and a great <laughs> and, a, and a, you know great bunch of lads. Uh, but it was on the eve of Diwali. Happy Diwali to uh, um, anybody who uh, observes and um, get, is, is uh, religiously motivated by the Festival of Lights. Um, we played against the WAC Sports Club and uh, 3-3 draw after being 3-0 down, three seconds left on the clock. Huh? So it was just like, it was like we won a game. asleep, in other words. No, well, well the funny thing was I did... Uh, Pass those comments on to our friends within the Push Pass Pundits group, and here and Jimmy and uh, and who's the other one? Jazzpreet. Jaz that's right. And the, and, uh, the comment came back. Well, uh, at least uh, they mimic. At least the expat players mimic the uh, late um, collapses that the international sides do. Yeah. Well, it was good. Yeah, it was fun. And okay. then. Um, Thursday night family hockey, where I get to knock over some. It was quite, it was quite a tasty game this week. Oh, there was a few yeah. reasonable adults. Um, bit too much, you know. Little... Oh, taking a bit of the limelight off you. Well, it? yeah, they were showing off a little bit, and uh, you know, I like to be the star of the show. I did get, you know, I got a very good early goal. There's a little bit of a oop and a round of applause from the uh, the gallery. Um, no, some good, just good old fashioned family hockey. Job. I call that a Bronx cheer, I believe, man. Do they? Yeah, yeah. pretty sure. You.
you got? Back to the old sting. Nothing. Look, look, here it is. International hockey. End of Euros. Nothing. And in four days' time, Pro League for women. The Netherlands and Belgium. So nothing. Four now. days? Yeah. What are we recording Saturday now? A midweek game? Must be. Yes. There you go. But, you know, it's one of the wonders and true delights of the, uh, the Pro League fixturing. And that's, that's the last Pro League before Christmas then, is it? I don't think there's anything else. Uh, let's just check here. Well, we've got... If course, indeed you uh, do celebrate, you know, such a thing, whatever your religious motivation might be, uh, uh, 25th of December. Uh, yeah. No, there's, there's, yeah, 10th of November and the men have got a game coming up on the 17th and the 26th of November. Belgium. A couple of men's games. So that'll be what? One, two, three, three games in a month? Great. And well, that keeps the excitement rolling along, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, it keeps, it keeps people engaged in it, John. Yeah. I mean, it's... Imagine, imagine all the stories that the, the world's press will be able to do in between games on, on the sport. In depth analysis. Well, I, oh. I, when I see the, um, FIH are already previewing um, lots of things happening in a month and six weeks time just mm. to get things going. Well, you can already get the preview for the upcoming uh, FIH Women's Pro League game. That one being, of course, uh, Netherlands versus Belgium. They've already previewed it. Yeah, well, of course. So we, do, we you don't get to, it in. You want to get it done early. Don't, don't have to worry about it now. Nothing will, nothing will change in four days. No. no. Not in hockey, it wouldn't. No. Um, you were tempted to press the button then, weren't you? I was. No, did, yeah. I was no. tempted. Um, but those, internationally, there's not much on, of course. We do have the Junior World Cups coming up for both men and women. The men's getting underway in Benzois, uh in uh, two weeks from now. So two weeks Saturday, what date will that be? Heard, heard, uh, did hear a little rumour. That will be the 24th of November, and then the women's getting underway in Potras Room on the 5th of December. Yeah, did hear a little rumour that uh, we may still see somebody pull out from the competition there, um, and this continues to swirl, Matt. So if you're a if you're a national federation and you've got a side ready to go, just get them down to the runway. Yep, um, there may be a late opportunity. Yeah, um, halfway stage in the Bundesliga, men's oh. and women's in in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Rottweiss Köln are sitting top in the men's. This is after 11 games, so half, halfway, the exact halfway point for the season. Um, they're sitting top on 30 points. Uh, Mannheim are in second, who've been on a, a hot run of five back-to-back victories there on 25. Harvestuda, 24, and rounding out the four. Mulheim on 23 points. Frankfurt sitting at the bottom on three points, just three draws for them. Thus far this season, in the women's competition, Mannheimer sitting strong at the top. They, they're also five games back. A couple of good weekends at Mannheimer. You know, I, I followed a link from Mannheimer the other day to their their shop via their Facebook page. Yeah, they've got some real good quality gear, like oh. great bobble hats, super Adidas shirts. You can buy an EHL version, or you can buy a this season Bundesliga version yeah. with it. Um, the scarf, it just looks quality, what okay. they've got. And I, yeah, if anybody, go and have a look at the Mannheimer shop because that's the way I, I would love our club to have that kind of quality merch and ease of access to purchase it. And I think I'm going to buy a Mannheimer shirt on the back of it. Yeah. That, that's of course, unless you're out there and you support another uh, German club and you want to send me, uh, free, um, 
shirt of your local club, and I wear that happily over the top of the Mannheimer one. But looking at the presentation of it, I yeah, absolutely, I'm keen to buy one. Oh, good. Um, Anyway, uh, Mannheimer top of 28 points. <laughs> Dusseldorf uh, second on 25. Uh, Club under Ulster, 23 points in third. And Harvest Huda, and 22 points. Uh, Mannheimer and Ulster have got a game to make up there. Sitting down the bottom, Raffelberg and Lichterfeld, uh, both with a solo draw, one point apiece at the halfway stage. There you go. Um, maybe we'll talk about the Belgian and Dutch uh, halfway stages uh, over coming weeks as well. Uh-huh. John. Uh, how, how is the Dutch Wings like? Have uh, Arangi Rude managed to win a game yet? Uh, I'll, I'll have a look I'll at that. still having a cry. More to come on that. More okay. to come on that. You're listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. You've got a couple of quick things before we get to Keely. New try. I, I think a new feature. Um, and what, what can we call it? Like, what, what I want to do is highlight a tweet from a club. Because I did, I put a post out the other day. As not a, social media fail of the week, then. Not a fail of the week. No, 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 not at all. A club promotion of the week, letting you know which team's playing where and against who. Just the one, one club somewhere in the... So uh, it could be the social media promo of the week. It could be. or the, like I think club. Put club in there somewhere. Social media club promo of the week. Yeah, all right. I like that. Okay. And if, if you want to um, be involved in social media <laughs> club promo of the week, do use the hashtag social media club, club promo <laughs> of the week and tag us in at the reverse stick. Of course, you can follow us on all the social medias, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Or That's going to be a successful little hashtag yeah. thing, isn't it? I can't it? even remember what I said. Uh, so this week, John. We're going to feed. Do we want some fanfare? No, we'll work out some fanfare. Maybe a, li- a little, a little, little bed uh, for it. No, so I see. So I did do a post in the week um, as a thank you to all of the volunteers involved in media and social media with their clubs, taking photographs, filming games, running the Twitter accounts, all that sort of stuff. Reasonable sponsor. We had a few few people like it, but it's it's so important for you to be able to get your name out there and promote your club and keep some interest within your members, you know, those that like to keep a track of what's happening with your club. And then we've got, and I'm going this week, John, to Portrain Hockey Club. It's probably pronounced differently because it's in Ireland. Oh, Portrain. No, I didn't mean quite like that. No, I didn't quite mean that. I mean the train might be Tran or something, something like that. It might something be Portrain. Gaelic or... Uh, men's fixtures today, Saturday the 6th of November, 12 o'clock, there's a league game, PHC Men's 1s versus Bray Men's, uh, that's at Temple Carrick Secondary School, uh, 2.45 there's a league game, PHC men, PHC is in Portrain Hockey, Portrain Hockey Club, uh, Men's 2, maybe we should work out how to pronounce the name of the club if they're going to be the club that we, let's stick to ones that we know. We know how to so pronounce. if it's a bit too hard to pronounce, we'll ignore it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, PHC men's twos um, playing at the high school in Rathgar against Rathgar men's threes, and at three fifteen, uh, the men's threes take on Corinthians men's fours at Sunt Sunt Saint Columbus College. That's a really international lineup of clubs there. And well, you've got your you got your Ragnalls and Rathgar, Rathgar, Corinthians. So you got your Dutch, your yeah, the Scandinavians are there. You got your Greeks there. Now there's more, John, because there's also the ladies' fixtures too. Oh. Um, also on Saturday, the sixth of November today. Uh-huh. 
Uh, cup game at 11.30, PHC Ladies yeah. 2s versus Carlo Ladies 2s. That's uh, Laredo Kilkenny. Laredo. 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 2.30, league game, PHC Ladies 1s versus Enniscorthy Ladies 1s. That's at the CWCWE. That's at the CWCWE in Enniscorthy. CW, look at that. Look at the CW. Nothing about an inner city turf. Catholic Women's Collegiate Women's Equality. Good guess. Probably. 3.30, cup game, PHC Ladies versus, uh, Ladies 3s versus Wexford Ladies 2s. Good luck. Good luck if you're pulling on the purple and blue. Where's Wexford? Is that in Ireland? Yes. Sounds like it'd be English Wexford. No, it's down, down, oh, it's in, that's Inspector Wexford, you think? Oh, because that's what confused me. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Look, so that's uh, and then we, an outro for it. So, <laughs> social media club <laughs> promo of the week. There we go. New feature. Very good. Social media And you are listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast, and we're delighted to have join us once again down the line, America's finest, Keely Dunn. Oh, you made a big mistake <laughs> there, big fella. <laughs> How very dare you. And you're here to tell us all about the NCAA action that's been... <laughs> is that, is Come that on. right? You know she's from Canada. <laughs> is that right? No? I got that wrong, did I? Keely, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'd like to say it's a pleasure to be here, but you're going to have to win me back over. Okay, you've got 15 minutes. All right, so 15 minutes. We'll be lucky. <laughs> a quick plug, of course. Well, 15 minutes to win me back over, but I'm sure we're going to talk for longer. Because Keely from the premier umpiring platform, FH Umpires. Go to fhumpires.com for all your umpiring needs. You'll be pleased to know, Keely, that in my role now as the world's greatest hockey fives umpire, I've used the blue card. I am ecstatic. I love to hear it. For for what kind of uh, incident are you awarding blue cards for? It was a bloke that was trying to play at the ball, but his feet got got mixed up and thought that they were his hips, and his hips thought he was supposed to be his feet, and he sort of did this amazing spin-over thing, and it was like... You can go and then collected someone else and hurt the bloke that he collected. So I had to make might be time to go and have a beer. You did have a complaint about the blue card, though, didn't you? Did I? Weatherproof. Oh you're, yeah, you're yeah. out in the rain the other day. The, yeah, when it when it bucketed down, I had to put it away because it's you know the green and red and yellow are all like that plastic right. stuff, whereas the, yeah. the blue one's a bit more paper based. And I was trying to protect it for future games. You've got to re- retain the integrity yeah. of the game, haven't you, John? Yeah, I do. Anyway. We should well, talk serious stuff. And, and, and the blue card, the blue card I provided more really is a, it's my business card. It's a joke. <laughs> no. So, um, had I known that it was going to see the practical in a day, I, I should have taken more care, but I could certainly contract my supplier to make the blue card for me. So. I think, I'll, I'll get on that. So I think you should because they, they should become an integral part of every umpire's kit. Did you say what the blue card was for? <laughs> A drink. To drink, yes. Yeah, go, and, yeah, yeah. go and have a drink. Yeah. yeah. For you, those looking a little you bit look thirsty. Like, you look like you've had enough of the hockey today. 
<laughs> or the hockey is having a beer. Yeah, yeah. It's not working out your way. Go and have a beer, mate. <laughs> now, Keely, John's pretty fresh in his um, Hockey Fives umpiring career. Um, he obviously sees there's a big future for the game within our sport. Um, have you got any tips for aspiring ump- umpires um, that... You know, they're learning their way, um, but they're doing maybe a few more Masters games and maybe those players are a little critical of um, the developing <laughs> skills. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, you know, I really enjoy doing matches with uh, Masters age players, probably because I am one myself and I can really empathize with that. But I guess the, the big thing is that if you can go out there and you can take the players' minds off what might be called or what might not be called, and they trust you to keep them safe and to do things fairly, then they can just get on with the business of having fun being hockey players. And that's just my favorite thing about it, and that's what I would encourage any young or not young but aspiring umpire to focus on. It's just, just, you know, do a really great job for them, and then they will enjoy themselves, and you can have the banter, and you can have a good time to get the drink offering afterwards and all that great stuff that can happen um, out of that. So if you, if you take it professionally and seriously, then, you know, really good things happen. So, sorry, if you, so, so if you're getting, you say take it professionally, does getting paid 30 bucks a game, does that count as uh, taking it, taking something professionally? That's that sounds like a fine professional rate to me. That, that's my professional um yeah, go on. What I'm talk- They're my tax records you're talking about. You can't say that stuff in public, mate. What? Yeah, we've got confidentiality agreements and all that sort isn't of it, stuff. Isn't it, uh, it's just to, it's just to cover the fuel for that really expensive vehicle that you've got <laughs> to get, get you to the stadium to go and do the umpiring. I mean, it barely covers the fuel, I, I wouldn't think. Uh, it's... I'm good. Yeah. Is that, is that all right? Yeah. Got, got, got you out of it? Okay, good. Um, Keely, what's up Wednesday this week? Is, well, what's up Wednesday is your um, weekly discussion. What do you do it on Discord, do you? On YouTube? No, it's on it's on the YouTube. Yeah, on the YouTube. It's, it's out there in the public for all the YouTubes. I, I did the Tokyo one during the Olympics on Discord because, you know, the the IOC OBS um, mafia was w- would not have been happy with the material that I was using for this yeah. <laughs> for those for those shows, so they were very private and then recorded. Um, for that very reason, but yeah, we we go on we go live on YouTube every Wednesday at uh, like what are we doing right now? <laughs> we're we're in the middle of the of falling back from daylight savings time in between Europe and North America, so it's crazy time. But it's either nineteen hundred or um yeah, it's around nineteen hundred GMT if that helps. The British invented that. The whole GMT thing, by the way. 7 p.m. if you're in England. Is that correct? Yeah, Yeah, 7 p.m. if you're in England, 8 p.m. if you're in Central Europe, and if you're in New Zealand, I think it's like 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. or 7 a.m., something like that. So So it's about 4 a.m. for us, isn't it? Yeah, well, we we normally try to get up for it, don't we? Oh, every week. Oh, every week. No, you guys are replay squad. Matt, replay squad. Matt comes around with his blankie and teddy bear. <laughs> we sit down. For... <laughs> we we cuddle up under a dune, don't we? On, on Turn the... it on. Yeah. Make a nice cup of hot cocoa. Yeah. Well, Deb's she goes and makes a Mrs. Lee makes us a nice cup of cup of cocoa yeah, and brings it over. Sometimes we get a chocolate bicky to dunk in there. Splash me up on the big screen because yeah. I'm I'm broadcasting in 4K and. Yeah. 
Yeah. Have we got which, the is better quality, it, which is better quality than a lot of games we get to see, <laughs> Keely. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> now, you, you've covered a controversial or a controversy um, in, in the umpiring world in last week's show. Would you like to share that with the, uh, the listeners of The Reverse Stick? Oh, sure. Well, if you, if you didn't hear what happened in the hook class of last weekend, uh, then maybe you were living under a rock because it absolutely stormed off on Twitter. Um, it was a match between Victoria and I'm going to say this wrong because I try to say everything French, but I think it's a wrong road. And it, it, the context behind this game, because you had to kind of understand all the emotions that were involved, is that Iran Road had gone through a 20-game losing streak in the Hoof Classic, okay? So a very historical club, very much in danger of being relegated. They fired their coach midseason, which apparently just doesn't happen over there, had brought on a new coach for this, and this was his first game, this match against Victoria on Halloween, or maybe it was the Saturday. I'm not exactly sure. And miraculously, or wonderfully, whatever, Orange Road was up two to, nine, two to one as the game was coming to its closing stages. But Victoria earned a penalty corner as time was expiring. So high drama, the, the cheers are going, everything's going crazy. As the penalty corner is being played out, they're now in what we would call extra time, right? So we all know that a penalty corner uh, can't be interrupted by the horns, that the corner has to be played out to completion, right? Yep. So as this corner is going, the controlling umpire uh, named Barry Von Van Bentham, he believes he sees a foot. He thinks that the ball gone off Sean McHalen's foot, GB England International, and he immediately calls another penalty corner, and then the protestations come, and he realizes, oops, I th- maybe I've gotten this wrong. So he goes and consults with his, his buddy, Armand Triples, on the other end, and he says, no, no, that was definitely the hand on the stick. There was no foul. So when an umpire interrupts a penalty corner, and there was no foul to be called, the result should be what? You guys know this answer, right? End of the game, that's it, in that situation. <laughs> I would say you take the penalty again. Okay, well, we'll, we'll work with this. We'll work with this. I just thought I'd throw that out. <laughs> because we, we know if, if, like, say there's an injury or a dog runs on the pitch or something like that in the middle of a tall corner and there hasn't been a foul or a goal or the ball hasn't gone out of bounds, then we would normally call it bully, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but when the penalty court is in this extra time, if you call a bully, that would, in effect, end the penalty corner because the bully has to be taken five meters outside the circle, right? Yeah. So you can't have another bully. Yeah. So and, the rules say... And, but also the, the siren's gone, so you play out to the end of the penalty corner. It doesn't make, there's not anything else to follow beyond that, is there? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So the only way you can restart play, according to the rules, is with another penalty corner. Well, there's... Barry, uh, in, uh, in that moment, kind of has a bit of a, of a brain connection. And instead of calling another penalty corner, he says, okay, that's the end of the game. And then a couple seconds later, he thinks to himself, oh, darn it. <laughs> I, and I'm not saying darn it. He actually swore in his interview with Hockey Dunn and L. It was very cute. 
um, <laughs> realizes the mistake. He's talking to Armand Triples again. They could say, okay, it has to be another penalty corner. So they call another penalty corner, and the players are going nuts, right? They're they're just they're beside themselves. They don't understand that should have been the end of the game. They're just they're ripping it up. Well, of course, what happens? But Victoria steps up on that retaken penalty corner, and they score the tying goal, cruelly robbing Orange <laughs> Road, as the headline says, of their first victory in 20 games. So the questions abounded. Sean McHale took to Twitter and she asked very politely what the rule was and why this happened. And so we had a very long discussion on Wednesday and we've had lots of discussions on the Twitter all about what should happen. And yeah, this is one of those really tough ones where the rules are very clear. Actually, the rule got changed in January this year. Nobody really kind of recognized this, except for, I think, a few pockets of people. I didn't even notice this, that this isn't just extra time penalty corners, guys. Any time a bully is, would have been awarded during a penalty corner, play just restarts with another penalty corner. Yeah, there you go. That's rule 6.5D, friends. 6.5D. Go look it up. Um, does, would would you describe that rule as making complete sense, Keely? Because it seems to me like it does. Well, it, it, if it's, in this case, an umpiring mistake, say, it, like you pointed mm-hmm. out, it could be a dog running on it. could be something, but it's outside of what the players control and all that sort of stuff. It, it makes yeah. common sense that you just go, well, okay, look, we'll just go back to the previous where we were and, and go again. Yeah, I, I think so. But I can understand that when you're in the motion of the game, and say you are that defending team, you're thinking, well, we didn't do anything wrong. Why is there another penalty corner call? But at the same time, you have to flip the script and look at the attacking team and think, well, the attacking team was in the middle of their opportunity to tie up that game, and they got interrupted too. So the point that I made on the show um, with with great vociferousness and convincingness, I hope, was that, you know, it's, it's the only fair, the only possibly fair result. It may not be the nice result, and it might not be the result that makes everybody happy, but that's not what fairness is. Fairness isn't getting what you want. Fairness is getting a result that you can apply in every situation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting looking back in hindsight and and people being upset about it, but there's nothing in what happened that um, says that they would or wouldn't have scored. There, there is nothing that says in that play that was interrupted, you were going to clear the ball, or you were not going to, or you were going to have a goal scored against you. And look, let's face it, you lost 19 on the trot. Who cares if you don't win? <laughs> you probably deserve to get relegated. <laughs> Seriously, it's terrible. Oh, too bad. So, so you got to draw. You'd be bloody happy with that. Well, yeah. I mean, and there's nothing that says just because a team retakes a penalty corner, they're going to score. No. So every time you go into that. The, the past is irrelevant to the action that's coming up. Yeah. And so this is all of us, a little bit detached and with our stoic brains on and, and all of this, you know, worldly maturity that we possess looking at the situation. But somehow that it seems to get lost in a lot of the messages. And, and I, I just found it really interesting because I've just come off, as you guys know, having um, coached, I've been an assistant coach with a university program for the last couple months, and uh, luckily I'm staying on with the team for another little while longer, which is great news for, for me, at least, so I'm excited. Go Dinos, but, um, Dinos, Dinos. <laughs> the Dinos, the Dinos, 
We're dinosaurs, not dinosaurs. Anyway. Dino, Dino <laughs> was a dinosaur, I, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> so, I, but so I had the Denver. opportunity when I was working. <laughs> sorry. Go on. Shut up, Matt. So I had the opportunity when I was working with these players to really put this in practice, this whole idea of, you know, can I stay emotionally detached and, and focus on the process and the and where the players are going and not on the results and all that kind of stuff. And, and I'm, I could do it. And maybe it's because I have 20 years of practice being a high-level umpire and umpire coach. But I, I wonder with all the conversations that we're having about mental health and sport and about how, you know, we really need to cultivate uh, an attitude and experience with our, our players where they understand that their worth isn't attached to whether they win or lose, but who they are becoming as they are participating in this amazing sport that we have. I, I just I just wonder if that really is sinking in and whether a lot more people would benefit from the experience of officiating where you never get to win. So you have to find other things that are fun about doing this umpiring thing. And that's about it's all about improvement and it's all about what you can give and and, and how you how you improve as a person. So I know this is getting really big and philosophical, but it, it was just sort of like a, a microcosm for me of, of all those issues coming together. And for me, showing that everybody says it's about not about the result and it's about the, the program and the process and about the players, it's kind of bullcrap. <laughs> they, they're talking out of both sides of their mouths in a lot of ways. Sport is entirely about the result. Yeah. Uh, you want to uh, win? You want to win? The, the, if, if it's all about just having fun and games, no one would do it. It's like skydiving. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it's, it's just about having fun and games. But it can't all, your sole purpose can't be about a result because full no. 50% of the people out there in a given game don't get to win. Tell, tell so her, that's the only tell her thing get, that matters. Rude that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, I get it. I get it, but... You know, for me, I look at that, and that's an opportunity for them to show resilience and an opportunity for them to bounce back and say, defend that penalty corner that comes up next. Or, hey, they've gotten their tie. They've shown they can be in these games. What are they going to do in the next game? How many? And so. Sorry, go on. Yeah. No, it's okay. You go. How many international sides do you reckon have umpires, top-class umpires, spend any time with them to help them with understanding of interpretations and the way to do certain things that you uh, are going to please an umpire? Let's just put it that way. I I think very little, and I mean this, this was this was one of the things that Andy Wilson and I were going to do with the Canadian program. That was that was part of our big plan. And, you know, unfortunately, we didn't get the opportunity to pursue that. I know that there's occasionally little sessions or meetings. I, I know that um, within England or GB Hockey, they've, they've had things where they'll have talks with umpires, but it's not, an, it's not a real ongoing relationship. It's not something that's continuous. And there's a real missed opportunity there because it is a performance issue. Players could be, if they... If they understood the rules, you know, 20% better than their opposition, they could have a 5% performance boost on the pitch, I think. 
understanding when they could be taking their free hits and, and how they could be doing this differently and how they can intercept aerials and different ways they could be playing, defending penalty corners and all kinds of stuff. All kinds of creative ideas that I have in my head. And it's, it's just something that, I don't know, it's because of, it's because of that lack of trust between the two competing teams and then the third team that's out there. They think we're out there to ruin everything and we're just police people and we're, you know, we, we, we just want to stop everybody from having fun. And likewise, we go out there and we think everybody hates us. Nobody wants to work with us. And, you know, we just have to get out hours and then get off the pitch and get back in our cars as soon as possible. So there's a lot of things that we could be working on on a long-term basis to change the culture of how we work as a sport. And it would really elevate, I think, everybody's experiences. Oh, can I just throw this back at and you and Matt, different way of thinking about it perhaps. Why is it that we need to do this with international players at the, in the sense that most of these, if not all of these players go through years of development, going through all sorts of course, um, junior programs, national programs, blah, blah. They've probably spent six to ten years in development as a player. Why do, why do they get to this point when this has, and this hasn't been done? Yeah, that's, that's a really good point, and I don't have an answer for you. Yeah. I mean, we all hear the stories about how uh, young Dutch players coming through their junior clubs have to take umpiring courses. It's mandatory for them at, at a certain age, and I don't know if it's 13 or 14 or somewhere around there. Um, and, and we think, well, that's awesome. Well, <laughs> we just saw what happened in the highest <laughs> yeah. women's league in the Hutchkasa, and you still have players who don't know the rules and who are – who are in tears after a game because they think they've been robbed and they've been cheated. And they use the, the words that we've been, we've been just screwed by the rules. And it's like, that, I, no, like you, you lost, you really lost touch with everything that rules are about here. And so I, I don't, I don't know where the disconnect is, but this is why we talk about how great it would be for more players and more coaches to, to be picking up whistles more often, get get in those shoes, feel that empathy, get that experience, spend more time with umpires, umpires spend more time with players, umpires spend time being players, and spend time being coaches. And you know, if everybody does these roles more often, we're going to be we're going to understand each other a lot better. We're going to have closer relationships, and we're going to have that trust that we need. That we're not out there to screw each other. We're out there to to, to really make the game better. I, I find when we get the, the the higher quality players umpiring lower quality hockey that I'm playing in. They take a very laissez-faire attitude with it and pretty much let everything go. They just don't take it very seriously, um, and I and I find that frustrating yeah, at times. I, I know what you're talking about. Now, um, just going back to the Arangi Rude, was this pretty unprecedented um, for the umpire to have have the interview and and speak out post game? I, I, from what I've seen from um, from the KNHB and from um, Hockey.nl, their premier sort of website, there's been a lot more about over the last couple of years. And you know, not surprisingly, they're kind of at the forefront of this showing off this beginnings of a cultural shift where their umpires are, are more 
they're more talkative, they're more visible. They they have a regular program, in fact, where they you know they'll they'll put up a clip, and then the next week they'll have one of their top umpires sort of give the give the reasons the way the way that I do on what up Wednesdays, right? yeah. Um, you know, more concentrated and obviously in the Dutch language, and um, they you know they're doing a lot of really good work with that. The the one piece that I thought that was missing from that whole experience. It was really great that on Wednesday Barry could come out and he could give his interview and he was he was very vulnerable and very forthcoming and, and brutally honest and he admitted the parts of it that he knew he could have done so much better. Here's a twenty four year old who's he's just been recently promoted from what I could understand from the article into that level of umpiring and and he probably has a <laughs> he's probably very talented and has a great future ahead of him. And he said, Yeah, the things that I did wrong were this. First of all, I got that first PC call wrong. I should have seen it better, and I didn't. And then the second thing was I should have taken my time when I consulted with my colleague to get the right result. So if I had, if I had never called the game as over, thinking that I could call a bully and then end the game, if I'd never done that, we wouldn't have had nearly the same kind of reaction. So, um, you know, that, that kind of um, frankness, is really helpful in the community. But the other piece I would have liked to see was just something from uh, the league itself backing them up, you know. And that's something that we've noticed in, in, in past things at the international level where the FIH hasn't really come out at all in support of umpires who have been under pressure. Uh, yeah, knock, knock. And Hello, FIH, that, are you there? No, sorry, uh, <laughs> we've got no comment on that. Keely, yeah, I, exactly. I haven't seen the footage, but... with while all this was going on, were the umpires surrounded by players or did they have to keep telling players to leave them alone or were the umpires allowed to just have a quiet chat and everybody just waited until every, it was all sorted out? I think the fairest way to characterize that is that it was mixed. So they were able to get together and consult, but there was an awful lot of, I mean, the technical term is swarming. Um, I, I wouldn't really call it super intimidatory, but I mean, the, the umpires, both umpires were definitely under pressure and they had players who were in their faces and vociferously arguing with them. Um, so <laughs> knowing how to manage that as an umpire is, is part of the skill set, but there's also, that's a reflection of the culture where there's just not a lot of trust. These guys, you know, there were mistakes made in the process but at the end their decision was correct in what they were doing but there was no trust there was no trust there and the umpire and, and the players coming out after that the captain of Roger was saying you know we've been screwed you know they don't they don't trust that the rule has any fairness behind it or any rationality they don't trust that the umpires got it right that they wanted to do the right thing um so it's it's a real shame well, it's, could, it's could just be that that mindset is one of the reasons that already lost 19 in a row or something. I mean, there's a, it's very easy to pick on just an umpire. And what we forget is the umpires don't write the rules, and the rules aren't <laughs> r- rules aren't written while you are out there playing. They've been in black and white, and they were in black and white before you got to the ground, or before you probably even picked up a hockey stick. What's wonderful, John, is yeah, that I, I really think that you're softening to to the umpiring fraternity once, <laughs> once taken on. You know, since you've been been umpiring yourself a little bit more frequently. Oh yeah, I'm well. I'm a fully accredited umpire now. Aren't yeah. I, do yeah, I, yeah, do I get a badge? Yeah. 
no. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe maybe uh, hockey WA gives out badges. I don't know. That's uh, not my job. But uh, has anybody spoken to you, John, about the... when you're an international player? So I was just going to give a spoke um, Keely to the uh, fabulous Fox Forty Classic. FH umpires, FH umpires edition. Very uh, good whistle. Yeah, well, have any of the other umpires mentioned the quality of your whistle? Uh, no, they haven't. No, not directly. I think they're intimidated. I, would, by I bet my they whistling. would be. Any peas? And did you listen? Do you listen to the other whistles? Um, no, well, they don't blow very often. No, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. I'm, I'm just busy concentrating. Of on course, you'd be focused. 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 Yeah. yeah. Got to get it right. It's good to hear. Anything else? Cast your eye. Um, Cast your eye, caught your eye, Keely, um, in the hockey world of the past week or so. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to think. I one of the things that I, I like to do is to be able to respond to anything that gets posted on social media, where people are asking the questions. You know, like what was the call here and what what was going on. So, uh, if you're out there and you see things that make you go, hmm, uh, as TNT Music Factory. Then, you know, go ahead and get in touch with me on the socials. I'm all over the place. I also have a Discord server now where we have a really fantastic community of umpires who are regularly, you know, talking amongst themselves and supporting each other and that sort of thing. You just go to fhumpires.com forward slash Discord and you can come join the chat. You can throw scenarios in there. You can say, hey, here's a link to this thing. You know, what the heck's going on here? And and we'll talk it through. And then the really good ones I pull out and then I, I put on the show on Wednesday. So um, that's, that's part, I think. It's just sort of an ongoing process of trying to keep the dialogue going and showing people that the rules don't have to be scary. They don't have to be inaccessible. We don't have to be in separate camps who are looking at each other over battlefield lines and, you know, I don't trust those guys over there and, and all that kind of stuff. So... It's a uh, it's a long road, but I hope I hope we're we're making a difference. Lovely stuff. Sorry, I'm just I'm just contemplating whether it's Denver the last dinosaur or Dino the last dinosaur because it goes Denver. on. It's Denver, is it? Uh, no, I'm no. What, what, what is, it's either Dino the last dinosaur. He's our sure? friend and a whole lot more. I'm not sure if it's Dino or Denver because the, the Dinos. Um, the di- sorry, the dinos. Oh, Keith, now Keith, I know who right. you're talking about. Yeah, See, sorry, it must yeah. be dino. It must be dino. Yeah, yeah. Dino, the last dino. Not sure. Keely, thanks so much for joining us here on show 218. Fascinating chat about some of the controversial moments that are happening right now in the world of hockey. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. It was a blast as always. And, uh, you know, good, good luck with all the rest of your recording today and, and such. And I'll be looking forward to all the future episodes. We'll I've, I've listened to every single episode, you guys. Absolutely true. And, and Keely, if Matt sends you a check, yeah. can you scrub all that stuff you recorded before we realised that you were recording us? <laughs> <laughs> no. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> wow, well, what an honour it was to catch up stateside with Keely there. <laughs> Well, always a pleasure having Keely on. But of course, we didn't mention Keely. She's, she's, Ke- she's not in America, mate. Ke- what? She's in Canada. Isn't that North America? Hey? Isn't it North America? Um, yeah. Yeah, well, all right. There we go. Yeah, that's Donald it, Trump it. was president of North, North America. America. North America. North America. Yeah. Uh, 
Good fun. Good bit yes. of bands. Nice, nice chat there. Yep. Uh, Hope you learned something. Yeah. I certainly did. We got we got something right on when asked a, a, a an umpiring question. question. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, did we, you notice he was a bit shocked when we came back with the correct answer? Mm, although, didn't think bully automatically. My brain didn't go to bully, and of course we no. are we are the only people in the world looking to hashtag bring back the bully. Well, it's good to see Keely's on our side there, right? Just dragging it into the conversation. <laughs> yeah, she knows. Well, she's listened to every every episode. God, I haven't. Have you? No, you definitely haven't. I don't think I've listened to one yet. No. Should we maybe take down like the first 20 or something like that? No, I'll leave them up there for posterity. Oh, dear. Posterity, like, as in, oh, that's posterior. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, no, I think we've got to own what we've done. It's not all of it's great. I could admit that, but it's there. I'm going to selectively edit my life out as now, much fun as that would be. We've uh, had some correspondence, oh. John. Uh-oh. Uh, one was in, uh, one came in basically as we were recording last week. Was it on Twitter from Mohit? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we didn't. Yeah. Now, yeah, I tweeted six days ago, back in the shed tonight for episode 217, accepting any and all hockey hot takes from the past seven days, reply below, or DM us if you have any scurrilous rumours. So m- maybe not the, quite the, the answers we were looking for from Mohit with regard to those specific questions, but he's, he's asked, why why there isn't any uh, data about the tournament's attendance figures in hockey? Should the Continentals Championships be played every year? Could there be a Four Nations friendlies in each continent for low-ranked teams? So three specific questions. We did okay. one this week, one, <laughs> one next week, and one well, a week let, after. Let's just go through them quickly. Why, why there isn't any data about the tournament's attendance figures in hockey? Well, you can count that off the TV. No, but why isn't why isn't well, there? Why any? why do they have to collect it when we can all patently see it while we're looking at it? Well, no, I think he's probably more asking the question: who's pocketing the bulk of um, gate gate receipts and and payments, and are the national associations and organisations being truthful, or are they using some of that cash to pay cash to coaches and and players in some instances? Or, so that's what I'm or, reading uh, out of there's that. There's so many patrons being bust in and given free tickets that they can't really release it. Did you say patreon.com forward slash the reverse stick then, John? Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, and yeah, buy yeah, me yeah. a coffee. Yes. Um, forward slash dot com forward dot slash the reverse, reverse stick, stick to support a hockey podcast endeavours. Uh, so that's point one from my head. Point two. What was? Was the uh, annual continentals. Should the continental championships be played every year? Um, Continental championships. No. No. Because of the Olympics getting in the way? No, I just think that um, they shouldn't be every year, but there should be a... Um, it should be biennial, and the other the other year would be a club champ, world club championship of sort, like, like Champions League. You couldn't, you couldn't see a world where that could work not, as not an annual all. thing? Well, do they play the Euros... For soccer every four year, every year. No, that's national. That's national teams, though. Not they play the Champions League every year, don't they? Yeah, that's right. That's that's at club level, though. That's yeah. not an international. Well, I thought you just said club championships and national international yeah, club that, championships. That could be played every year. Whereas the the, the 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 national stuff, I wouldn't play every year. I saw a post come out. I think it's in Ghana. But we do th- it because there's nothing else that links up. There's, yeah. there's there's not because there is not that big focus on this uh, intercontinental. In intracontinental club thing, then you, 
you're going to play more of these. You know, you're going to. We need the content, so they play the Euros every year. Well, I don't think you need it. No, I would love to see the day where the the EHL champion is. Africa Club Championships is coming up. I think it's in Ghana this yeah, time yeah. around. It's coming up soon. Um, saw the logo posting on socials the other day. But to have the equivalent South American champions, your African champions, European champ, European club champions. And then the Asian, you know, contingent, including Australia, you know, potentially within that. And I think your Perth Thundersticks, your Melbourne Milk, uh, Chalky Milks, and you know, yeah. all, all of the uh, Sydney Lions. They're not the Lions, are they? The pride. pride. They're the Pride. The Lions. <laughs> yes. Just you know, wandering the streets of bloody yeah. New South Wales, aren't yeah. they? Well, that's why they really have to lock everybody up. Oh, those lions. There's, cam- there's camels on the run okay. somewhere at the moment. Um, camels all over Australia, mate, just quiet. No, no, they've broken We breed out. the best camels in the world. They've broken out of a, a zoo somewhere. Um, camels somewhere did, in the world. They're pretty yeah. clever. Yeah. Whew, I don't know. We got okay. Got anything more? Uh, yeah, more correspondence. You didn't answer uh, oh, no. my, my third, uh, third question. Yeah. You keep asking me this. I'm actually looking at Twitter on the phone and it keeps locking, so that's why I'm taking a moment to find it. Could there be a Four Nations friendlies in each continent for low-ranked teams? Well, you can do that anyway. Yeah. There's nothing that happens, I would have thought. Friendlies? Well, no, but the issue for the low-ranked teams is the funding, which means getting to those tournaments to go and 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 play. I would say that um, the sport would be better off concentrating on that club level. We don't need more international games. Why do we have to play international friendlies all the time? What is an international friendly? How do you think I, don't, you... I just don't get... I get why you might play a couple of games or whatever before in the lead-up to major tournaments or you might... in the way that football, soccer does it, but, you know, they, they don't play a lot of meaningless international games, nowhere near as many as what hockey does. What do you think about this new, the sort of more regular updates on the changes in the world rankings because of the new system that's brought in? It's a lot more fluid and you know instantly once that game is finished that this is how it will affect your rankings. Well, this is, I don't like it at all. I think world rankings are almost anachronism in, in our sport. Why do we need them? No, no one qualifies for any of the major tournaments on the basis of their world ranking. Yeah, they do. Not, oh, not the ma- major tournaments. Well, no, they, no, they could do. They could do because of the system of preference that FIH gives for additional spots or, yeah, you know, that's, but, uh, so, but, that's your world rankings are important in we, that respect. In one case, yeah. out of every qualifier. Oh, what about the Champions Trophy? <sighs> well, that was an invitational tournament anyway. Your invitees were the top six. So that doesn't even come into the equation. Uh, other uh, correspondence has come from uh, Innocent Mbabali. You'll see Innocent quite active on yes. social media. Uh-oh. What? What did Innocent say? No, he, uh, he said, hello, good afternoon. We did a fundraising link, and if you are okay with it, please, you can share it to your friends and families or any other person um, who could be willing to support us. Thank you so much. Crowdfunding vor, V-O-O-R, clubs, dot N-L, forward slash, hope, hockey. I'm just opening it now to get the, oh. uh, the, the full link. Shouldn't have done this on the phone. Should have done it. Oh, I've got, I've got, You've got a computer. I've got a computer in front of me. I don't have to make this difficult for myself, John. I just need to open messages. And uh, innocent, innocent. 
Anyway, it's crowdfunding Hope Hockey Skills Foundation. And uh, what are they crowdfunding for? Our goal is to inspire and empower more young talents, athletes in Uganda through realising two main objectives by involving more kids into our hockey, non-hockey activities like day-to-day hockey trainings, hockey camp mixed camps mixed, hockey fives tournaments, hockey girls camps, career guidance talks, life skills activities, hands-on activities like baking and craft. This is one of the best ways we use to keep the kids active and away from unsupportive communities, activities that may lead them to early pregnancy, school dropout and the use of drugs. We work hand-in-hand with the parents' guides because of that... uh, because are the first rule model to these ki- this kids and the coaches too. By expanding this message to other kids in different communities, areas, through expanding the sport, this is a help us to achieve one of our foundation goals of making the sport popular in the country. Um, so, yeah, you can go you can go to... This is, this is from the Hope Hockey Skills. This is this crowd for, crowdfunding in English, VOR, V-O-O-R, as, as in four, but in Dutch clubs.nl and uh, search for Hope Hockey Skills Foundation. Or Google Hope Hockey Skills Foundation. I'm sure you'll get a link there. Yeah, you will indeed. It sounds like a pretty good cause too, Matt. Doing good work there in Uganda. Well done. Innocent. Now, have you got much more there? Uh, I do know you have one thing, but we might save that. We might save it till the end. Uh, uh, Jude Menezes, Menezes, is it pronounced that way? Yeah. The Kiwi um, yep. coach is uh, taking the Japanese job. Uh, Women's, uh, men's job. Men's job? Women's job. Why not? Men's job. Uh, of course, Siggy Eitman's, he's back, in, back in, uh, in the Netherlands after great term of service there for them. Um, this, remember when we interviewed him, um, he said he, he wanted to work to getting more local coaches skilled up and ready to, to step into that role. Obviously not quite there with the, late, with the latest appointment. Um, but no doubt at all that it's, it's, um, a very worthy appointment in Jude there and has done some great stuff in New Zealand. Uh, I think they're pretty sad to see him go. George retired. Uh, George Pinner, yeah. George Pinner retired. Retired, yeah. yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, uh, look, when goalkeepers don't get selected for uh, the most recent big tournament, when there's just oh, one yeah. goalkeeper in there, it's un- it, very rarely do they come back again. Um, he's it's, been there a uh, while too. It's not like he hasn't had yeah. a decent crack at it. Yeah, well, um, well, Tyler Lovell's obviously stepped down. He's the yeah. latest uh, interview side, interview on the Help Side podcast from Tom Craig. Hashtag Field Hockey Podcasts. If you see the hashtag, hashtag Field Hockey Podcasts, do like it and retweet it and get, keep that spreading. Because we've, of course, got the International Field Hockey Podcast Awards nominations opening very soon, John. Oh, do we? So start thinking about that. If you're producing a field hockey podcast or a sports podcast that's got a field hockey section within it, um, we'll uh, be putting out the process oh, for yeah. nominating for that very soon. So oh. start thinking about your good clips. Start thinking about putting together a little package, uh, um, um, a, a medley of uh, some of your finest work. Audition type. Yeah, let's call it that. Well, it's not, you know, you're not auditioning, but it's, well, it's, no, it's, you're it's, it's your, your showreel, isn't it? Yeah. Showreel, that's a bit of... Um, are, yeah, are we those. actually are we going to have a meeting about this and stuff, or are we just going to decide twenty minutes before we record that? Oh, no, podcast? This, this is the meeting we're having now. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's just a, it's, a, it's fluid. Fluid, yeah. It's a bit we're more. ready for anything, really. Aren't we are, we? Yeah. Oh, good. Um, I still can't work it out. Denver, the last dinosaur, or Dino, the last dinosaur. No, D- Dino was definitely a dinosaur. Yeah, Barking D- D- dinosaur. Dino was a dinosaur. Yeah. He was. What was a bird? Isn't there a bird in there? But why did, what did, 
I mean, it is confusing because it's it's not a di- they're not dinosaurs. They are dinosaurs. Uh, but it wasn't spelled D-E-A-N-O. It was like, hey, Dino. No, it's D-A-N-O, Dino. No, not yeah. the dinosaur. No, it's no. D- D-I-N-O. Yeah, and it's a Ferrari Dino. What? What Ferrari is Ferrari Dino, the they, car. Oh, they do a car, There's do a they? car called, uh, named right. after his kid. Enzo made one after his kid. His kid died. But um, Dino, that's... That's how you say it. All right, well, that's good. Well, that's Dino. good. If you've got any views on whether it's... That's Dino, how the Italians yeah, say it anyway, Dino. What a thrilling end to the show. Oh, no. There's, I think there's a bit more to come, folks. All right, thank you for listening. Joining us in 218. Don't forget, turn it on in the car on the way to a game. If you are playing this weekend, give it a whack. Good luck. Do it with pride. By the time most of them hear this, it'll be this week. It doesn't matter. Hockey happens all the time, all over the world, John, apart from in the Pro League. But pretty much all of the time, all over the world. See See you, folks. Um, I have in front of me, John, a a a statement, a letter. Um, It's come out of uh, Hockey WA, the the peak hockey body here in Western Australia where where we reside and, and play the game, John. Our local hockey community. Uh, and this uh, letter is attributed to and signed by uh, Michael Hed- Henderson, President, F-A-I-M, P-F-U-W-A, F-C-D-U. Oh, it's got a lot of letters. A lot of letters there. Uh, you know, I, I, sh- I might put some letters after my name. D-I-C-K. Uh, F-U-J-L. <laughs> I'll take it away, John. Dear Presidents, fellow players and colleagues, I would like to take a moment to look back over the past two years at Hockey WA and to identify areas in which I have influenced. Sorry. And to identify areas in which I have influenced. With the support of your board and management, change and positive growth of the sport, and they are as follows. Wait, wait a sec. Is this the President? This is the uh, immediate... I'm looking at his LinkedIn page... Um, that's Michael Henderson. He's the immediate past president. Uh, it says uh, June 2020 to present. Uh, one year, six months. Okay. So re- um, round it up. Oh, did he? Did he quit? I, well, they, 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 they let me finish the ladder. Oh. I, I don't think. I don't, probably quits. Not. I think retire is is the, the term being used. Um, guiding. Okay. So and then we've got some bullet. Points. And this is what he's done. Well, it's, he signed it. That's, it's, no, but that, that sentence you just read out about this is... I'm, so he's writing to all of the... Yeah, okay. Let, should we start again? Yeah. I would like... So this is to presidents, fellow players... Oh, the chooks are in. Um, the hockey fellow team players team. And, and colleagues. Mm-hmm. 
So it's got it basically covers everyone, doesn't it? Yeah. Not umpires. No. Unless he's an umpire, and colleagues. he has umpiring colleagues. Yeah. Well, aren't umpires all of our colleagues? Yeah, of course. In hockey. Yeah, thirteen. Yeah. We just. Don't know. Yeah. All right. I would like to take a moment to look back over the past two years at Hockey WA, year and a half, yeah, two years at Hockey WA, and to identify areas in which I have influenced. With the support of your board and management, change and positive growth for the sport, and they are as follows. So why is he writing a letter telling us everybody what well, he's done? We, we've already spoiler alert. Yeah, okay. um, he's not doing it. He's immediate path. We've already done that. Guiding uh-huh. Hockey WA through two complex years of COVID with nominal loss of membership and an <laughs> early <laughs> nominal loss of membership and an early return to play. This included delivering a successful remote digital skills and fitness engagement to our members. This included delivering a successful remote digital skills and fitness engagement to our members. Right. Guiding the process of Hockey WA, engaging a dynamic corporate CEO, not a sports administrator. Guiding the process of building a strong corporate and engaged board, effectively delivering a succession plan for the future of hockey in WA. Creating the vision, creating the vision for the International Hockey Centre of Excellence, which would retain the National High Performance Programme. And now, subsequently, having received the WA government's commitment to retain the National High Performance Programme and significantly increase state hockey infrastructure in WA. I I didn't realise it was the WA state government who got to decide that. I mean, you know, you'd have to you'd have to have a good relationship with the, the, oh, sport, the sports minister, the sports and recreation you'd minister. Think so. Yeah, I mean, there's, but they, you don't, they you don't decide. Well, maybe there's some funding there that is coming towards the new international hockey centre of excellence. There, there may very well from be, but state, they don't decide where from, the national from state, program goes. From state state government. No, they're they're, they're prepared to support okay. it. Let's can I finish this, please, yes. John? Stop putting in. Very serious. Letter here. Keeping the relationship between Hockey Australia and Hockey WA balanced and creating the strongest opportunity for Western Australia to retain the National High Performance Programme beyond 2024. Next point. My personal sponsorship of the 2020 and 2021 All-Stars teams and events. 2021 Boys and Girls Under-15 WA State Teams. 2021 WA State Masters Teams. 2022 Future Thundersticks. That's good of it. Funding and creating an exciting indoor inner city CBD turf area to build corporate and industry engagement with hockey. Bringing into focus the power brokers of hockey that have faded over time. Where's that? It's in, uh, in, in indoor. Uh, it's in the inner city, in the CB, in the CBD, in, in an indoor oh. um, place. Don't, don't have it very well signaged. Well, it's because it's indoor, probably. Yeah, and it's in the, the in the, Well, you've probably got to know where it is. I mean, oh. why would you get an invite? Are you are you um are you a power broker of hockey, John? No, but I am. Well, you're not going. Why would you? <laughs> jaded, Matt. Yeah, no, it's definitely says faded. Faded and yeah. jaded. Oh, well, there we go. Funding and creating an exciting indoor in a city CBD turf area to build corporate and industry engagement with hockey, bringing into focus the power brokers of hockey that have faded over time. And then finally, significantly raising the profile of hockey in Western Australia. 
I'm proud to say, on the back of these accomplishments. I'd like, you know, it's a bit. Are back- you were waiting bit, for me to say it's something. A bit, well, it's just a bit Batra-esque with this oh. ce- celebrating future achievements. And, uh, but, I look, was going fine. to it's mention the good doctor. Um, I'm proud to say that on the back of these, at least he is an actual doctor. Yeah, this, this is, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm proud to say on the back of these accomplishments that it's time for me to retire from the board of Hockey WA and to hand over the presidency to my vice president, Katie Flanagan. There we go, Katie. Oh, succession uh, plan. And, yeah, I think she came on board in 2020. Um, as well, soon after. So, it's at this juncture that I would like to sincerely thank my friends and colleagues who have backed me through this journey. All eighteen months of it. Steve Walsh and Michael McNulty at Deloitte. 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 Touche. Deloitte. 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 That's the American way, isn't it? What? Now, wouldn't they go Deloitte? Melanie Visa and Gavin. Oh, it's Australia. It could be Weiss. <laughs> Just and Gavin Bain at Wonderman Thompson. No, it might be Wonderman Thompson. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. difficult, isn't it? When we're so global. Oh, I know, terrible. <laughs> Peter Commode and Warwick Hazeldean at Canning's Purple. Sarah Friedman at Seven West Media. Kim Alwood and Steve Humphrey at DLGSC. David Everton at Venues West. Matt Fulton at Sports West. David Hatt and Steve Lawrence at Waste. And the amazing teams and leadership at FMG, Parenti, that's Ausdrill and Barminko. Minrez, Roy Hill, BHP, Emergency Triage Services, my company, and to name just a few. Oh, no, he didn't. Sorry, I just I said I added the my company bit. It's my plan to remain an ambassador to hockey in Western Australia and Australia to put the inner city turf to good use, further building opportunities for the sport I love. This retirement will also give me time to return to another sport I love, open-wheel racing cars, and to devote more time to my beautiful family and diverse business and philanthropic interests. I wish Katie, Fabian, Ross and the board of Hockey WA great success acknowledging and appreciating the camaraderie and support I have received over the past couple of years from our extended hockey family. 18 months. Uh, from our extended hockey family. Thank you all for your friendship. Michael Henderson. There we go. Oh. So he's, he's retire, retire, retiring is an old, is an old, Retiring? No, well, maybe he's just got to the age and he's gone, you know what? I'm, I'm retiring. I mean, yeah, because I've, you know, I see somebody retiring from this. You know, this is just in general. I see somebody retiring from something that maybe they've put twenty or thirty years into it. It's been their life. No, he might um, be retiring just, full stop. He might very well be just not working anymore, and he sees this as partly a work thing. And um, he's going to keep up the, the philanthropy and obviously the um, open wheel racing now. So yeah, maybe yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Well, will the sponsorship? side of things change now he's not in that position well hopefully hopefully considering hockey wa have um given him an opportunity to share this with the the wider community then hopefully yeah we keep all of those sweet sweet sponsorship dollars that are coming in couple of couple of things matt um what's this center of excellence thing well that's the wasn't that putting six turfs at uwa i know White the Park one? Don't, know, don't we know about that? We don't know about we that. We don't know about no, that. Nobody no. knows about that. Well, clearly not, because he's talking about it there. No, I think that was the uh, six turfs at, at UWA. Which was originally the Whiteman Park plan. Shut up. Look at that. What's not what it... Nobody's up. Mention that. Shush. Oh, okay. We, I think we made that one up. Possibly. Um... Well, there you go. You know. Oh well. Um, the other, thank, thank, wait, 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 thank, hang on, hang on. thank you for your hang on, hang thank on. you for your hard work and vision over the past eighteen months. What's what's this inner city thing? 
That's an, it's, it's a, you're, you're part of Clubland as far as, you know, you're in an administrative role. You get all the official Hockey WA stuff. What is it all about? You should know. I, I haven't heard, um, anything. Look, here we go. Look, right, so let me just copy. This, this is the end of the end of the show. It's going to be longer than the bloody main, the main bit. Um, I'm going to, what put is it? Perth. This is Google. It's a very popular search oh. engine. I'm going to write Perth Hockey. Oh, let's put WA in there as well. And, and space, and then we're going to uh, copy that indoor inner city CBD turf area because that's okay. mentioned in the, uh, the letter there. Let's do a little search. It's a long name. Um, it takes us to Hockey WA, but just the home page, turf contacts, uh, best best hockey facilities, okay. indoor uh, fixturing thing, hockey stadium set for grand final, best ball sports activities in Mosman Park, Sydney Wikipedia. Social infrastructure report. So there's no hit on the the top there. Uh, well, looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. For, oh, for, the, for the for the power brokers. Looking forward to the, the faded, uh, jaded power, bro- yeah, power brokers. Just, uh, who've drifted away from the game. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. What um, what they need is an opportunity to play um, indoors on a on a turf. Well, it, it's exactly the, the. It is corporate lunchtime. You know, corporate games. Yeah. Is that what it is? I think the benefits would far outweigh the cost of Hockey WA of providing an inner city CBD hockey field. I mean, there's a lot of vacancies as well at the moment. You can go and take an office floor and just uh, whack a field in there. No, you'd have to take two floors because you'd have to take the ceiling out between two floors. Not if you played indoor, though. Balls on the ground. Yeah, but it's still pretty pretty low ceiling. Uh, maybe you could. Maybe yeah. you could get away with it. Well, yeah, all right. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, they're taking the leaf out of the government, obviously, because, you know, Hockey WA's got all this extra cash. CBD, nice office in yep. a high rise. Yeah. Or rooftop. Rooftop. That Maybe that's it. No, it's indoor. Oh. Oh. oh, well, I'm looking forward to seeing it whenever it comes along. See ya. <laughs>